If you're in your car, I don't care if it's winter. I want you to put all your windows down and just zone out. Buckle up. Combo Nation! What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 335 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you tune into Combo's Court. Today's show, Zach Noble and Roosh Williams, host of the Noble and Roosh Show, the number one podcast on the Ball Is Life podcast network, joins in to discuss Darius Garland's orchestration, a very early 2021 top five NBA redraft, and more. You can find Zach on Twitter at Zach Noble, that's Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E. You can find Roosh Williams on Twitter at Roosh Williams, that's R-O-O. S-H-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Noble and Roosh Williams, host of the Noble and Roosh Show, the number one podcast on the Ball is Life podcast network, as Roosh let me know before the pod. Uh, you guys got to let me know, man, because it seems kind of random. Roosh from Houston, rapper, lawyer, Zach, longtime podcaster, been podcasting longer than me. How did this whole thing come together? I'm sorry to call it random, but it does seem a little bit random, you know? It is uh, random. It's, it's one of those things where, so Zach had been doing it, right? So Zach was podcasting. I was just tweeting um, and we were cool, man. We, you know, we would DM every now and then we talk a little bit here and there. And um, it was a little odd though. Cause I, he didn't have a picture, right? I didn't know what he looked like. So I, I'm always, I'm always skeptical when I don't know what somebody looks like. Right. And I they're the ones that talk the most on Twitter too. Yes. I, right? they, they talk the most crap. The ones with, yeah. I post photos of myself. I do. And I'll sparingly, sparingly. And so, with me, you could you, you could find me, right? You can just Google me and find me. And so uh, Zach hit me up, you know, because I have the the takes, right? The fire takes. And uh, maybe because I got the blue check mark. <laughs> I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But Zach was like, hey, man, I'm trying to start a podcast. I like, you know, like I like talking hoops with you. So like if you're if you're into it, man, let me know. And then when we get something together, we can we can make it happen. And it was literally just that. And then it started clicking and we started doing pretty cool things, man. And Zach's my dog. So it works. We're the epitome of NBA Twitter, man. It's literally. literally. You know, it's like it's two, up. it's two dudes that were just vibing that just you just trust it and just roll with it. And, and you know, if it works, it works. And it did. No, nah, most definitely. Zach is the man of lists. Nobody loves NBA lists more than Zach. What, what list has fascinated you the most lately, either your own or another one you've seen? I mean, probably I just put out a list of like 30 free art free agents, trade targets the Lakers should go after. So my big ones are Robert Covington and Eric Gordon. Yeah, I think those are both realistic. They were on my list. Yeah. 30? You put 30? 30? <laughs> hey. Yo, combo, it's funny because like we're, me and Zach are polar opposites in this way, right? Like I just love to talk about the game and like the real, like on the court, you know, what do they need to do or the fit or whatever. Zach loves like the who do you think is going to be the better player in seven years or 
who do you think, you know, like the, the lists are like, oh, who's your rank, your blah, blah, blah. And I'm always like, Zach, I don't care, dude. I'm like, Zach, I just don't care. Like wrong guy, ask somebody else. Go ask like Josh Eberle or something because I don't care. <laughs> this this Darius Garland thing is really interesting. I thought he was going to get better and better, but he took a crazy leap. Do you think he could get to that Trey Ja level? Oh, he'll be there freaking next year, man. I was praying Darius would make it all the way to the Wolves um, at six that year, but instead we get stuck with Jared Culver and make another wrong pick. I mean, we would have taken Darius Garland by all reports. Um, so that would have been nice. We probably went to trade for we as in Minnesota. Up. Yeah, got you. Okay. Yeah. Proceed. Yeah. Think about yeah. think about Garland, Anthony Edwards, and Towns. I mean, Deagle's. I mean, done really well this year. I like what he's doing. But um, Garland, man, he's just natural, super talented. He's got range. Uh, I just I like his pace. I think that's the one thing a lot of people aren't talking about. But no, I, I love projecting players and the growth of young talent. That's my favorite thing about the NBA and kind of why, I mean, it it's, takes me away from my fandom so much. And so when the Timberwolves suck all these years, it gives me love somewhere else and passion about the league. And I just find it with the crevices and stuck in Sacramento or Orlando. And I love projecting. The crazy thing about Garland is, is I think I feel like there's guys who rack up a lot of assists and guys who like orchestrate offense, and I feel like he's definitely on the side of he gets his assists, but he's actually making his teammates better and orchestrating the offense. Dude, he's yeah. not putting up 24 and 12 and losing half yeah. of his games. These they're meaningful stats, but that's because he only touches it when he needs to, and he knows how to share the rock. Well, he gets the most out of what he does, man. Like. When he when he drives or when he's creating, it's meaningful. You know what I mean? He's seeing the floor. It's not like I hate to beat a dead horse and use this example, but it's not like Westbrook, for example, where he's mm. just going going first and then like passing second. You know what I mean? He's going with the intention of setting guys up, or he's going with the intention of getting to a spot and making his move. Twenty and what eight? Twenty and nine on the season, something like that. Shooting pretty well, thirty six percent from three. I think forty five or forty six percent from the field efficiencies up there ts is like 57 percent um just a smart cat dude the, the, the type of guy that you like to play basketball with you know um that like you said makes his teammates better I, i'm i'm honestly it's kind of funny because you you wonder like does a team get better like addition by subtraction and zero disrespect to colin sexton we had colin sexton on the pod uh, about a year and a half ago um and he was awesome loved loved talking to him but with his injury going down it's really given darius darius garland a chance to kind of step up and um you know possibly make Cleveland better so so I pick hairs with a lot of people on this and um, Cleveland people uh, just more so people outside of Cleveland rush to the judgment because I mean Sexton they were winning games at the beginning of the year they started off well and they were playing well off each other and I yeah. liked Darius Garland's progression last year I thought they were going to do just fine and that's because I, I think it's more because you got guys like Evan Mobley who can guard basically some ones, but mostly two through five. And so he makes up for a lot of their woes. And then Isaac Okoro, I mean, those guys fit. I mean, when you got two bad defensive small guards, you got to have guys like those two. I, yeah. I, I think they would have worked regardless, but it, we might not never know now because they might be shipping Sexton out of here before we see what can unfold. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned that about Mobley. It allows them to play two bigs and, in a small ball era, it's interesting to see like a few teams trying that too big lineup. The magic that really hasn't worked when it comes to like Bamba and Wendell Carter. 
Uh, the Pacers haven't worked when it comes to Miles Turner and Sabonis, but it is working with Cleveland, and it's really interesting. Uh, staying on Miles and um, Sabonis, who do you think has the more of the trade value? Who do you think is more in demand out of those two? Because it seems like one of them is going to get traded. Well, it depends on what type of team we're talking. I think they have different value. I think they, you could argue they have equal value just in different mm. ways, right? So Miles Turner is going to like a team that is looking to be put over the top or, or that needs that defensive plug, that kind of do everything athletic defensive center to, to man the five and kind of anchor in, in the back. Like the Hornets could really use him, um, but he's hurt now, right? So I think that's going to hurt his trade value. Um, and then a team that would use Sabonis would be a team that could really use the playmaking and all the things he brings to kind of maybe revolve their offense around or run run their sets around. But it's funny, man. We, we also had Miles Turner on the podcast. And, um, you know, he was really complimentary of all his teammates. But you could see that he really wants to play the five. And I, I just got the sense that him and Sabonis back there together, it just doesn't feel like that type of fit, even for them, is what it seems like. Um, so, yeah, I think they have equal value, man. But it's just it, totally different teams are going to be looking for their services. So I'm with Roosh in regards to the fit um, that obviously Turner fits with a lot more players. He's the ideal center in today's game. And I think he still can be a defensive type player of the year candidate. I think he would have been if they would have stayed healthy and um, they would have been top six seed ish. I, I mean, he was leading the leagues in blocks by a good amount. Um, and he just makes up for their three, sometimes twos, but mostly three and fours a lot of times because Sabonis can be a real dud on defense. But um, I just think he has a lot more to give, and he showed that with a lot of his big performances. And he's one of those guys you can tell his mentality wavers on the night he's having and how much they're going to run through him and whatnot. But Sabonis is clearly the better, more valuable player. It's just he fits on a lot less teams. So there's a lot less teams after him. But I personally think Sabonis is worth like three first minimum where Miles Turner, on the other hand, I think he might get by with one first. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because yeah, there's going to be a lot more teams after Turner. It's just hard with his injury going on right now. Yeah. That's uh, messing up a lot of teams and we're going to say some Roosh. I was just going to say, people forget he's 25, dude. Right. Like it feels like he's much older than that, but he is 25. He hadn't even hit wanna, his athletic prime in terms of age, you know? I want to bring up, I just looked this up while we were talking, that Kevin Porter Jr. last year, Roosh, had the same usage as Darius Garland does right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Darius Who, Garland. Hey, K, KPJ's playing better, right? Like, he's super talented. Yeah, he is. He is super talented. I mean, he's the epitome of, of someone that's just in his own head sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you know what's crazy, man, is, is he deleted his Twitter. Um mm. Literally, like right before this little run, he's pulling yeah. a LeBron. He's pulling like a well, LeBron don't LeBron just doesn't go on, but I don't think he deletes well, it. Well, KPJ, I'm telling you, he deleted his Twitter right before this little run that he's had in these last five games, man. Um, I, I, you know, it, for me, it's almost like too it's too much of a coincidence. Like it has to be correlated. I really think that he's been able to kind of clear his head and kind of get out of his head. Last five games, he's averaging 18, seven dimes, three boards shooting 42% on six and a half attempts from three, 48% from the field, 77% um, from the free throw line, only two and a half turnovers. So like, it's crazy. You know, he's, he's, he's finally hitting that groove that Rockets fans wanted him to hit. And, and he's starting to play the way that we thought he was going to play for the, for most of the season after watching him last season, but only 21. I mean, Darius Garland's obviously the better player at this point in their careers, but man, if, if Kevin Porter Jr. Figures this out, if he can become this season, you know, he's not going to finish with these stats, but if he can, keep this type of production up 18 and six 
man, if he shoots 42% from three, it's a wrap. I don't expect that to continue at that rate, but if he does, it'd be crazy. Um, but he's only 21, you know, and that's the, that's the tough part is we get like really hypercritical or focused on these, on these kids. And then we just got to realize like, man, he's a kid. He's still really just a kid, you know? So. Are you coming around on him being the point guard though? Cause I know you've been questionable for most of the year on that. Yeah. I, I mean, look, five games is not a lot, but over the last five games, he's really started to get that, that fluidity and processing, yeah, right? Like for most that. of the season, he was just, you could see he was like looking like, okay, I got to pass it. Who do I pass it to? He was like trying to play point guard in these past five games. He's just been hooping, right? He's just been getting to the rack, comfortably taking his shot with confidence. And then whatever gets created off of that is what he creates. But before that he was doing it the other way around. He was trying to create first and it was being forced. He was turning it over. No confidence. Shot was out of rhythm. Attacking was out of rhythm. So once he flipped that, like he's got to be score first. And then everything gets gets created as a result of that. And he's been doing that over the last five games. And that's the Kevin Porter Jr. That's that's a legit player. Bruce, do you think that Eric Gordon will be a rocket after this trade deadline? Man, so a report came out today saying that, uh, you know, Houston was. I forget exactly how it was worded, but something to the effect of like Houston doesn't necessarily expect to trade him like maybe I'm miswording it, but basically something that made that, it. Yeah. They made it sound like he might not get traded. But that's uh, that's just to get more leverage a lot of times, right? Like, I don't want to get rid of this guy. It makes him seem better. Not him in person, because I love his game. But in general, that's usually what right. it is. Yeah. Like, right. yeah, I, remember, I, remember, I remember playing overseas. Like, they always used to say when somebody says something like that, they're about to be gone. It's almost like saying, you know, when a coach isn't going to get fired and they get fired, like, right, right. after. Like, that's just right. what happens. It's like the media, you know, yeah. uh, either they leak it or they're doing damage control or whatever. So, yeah. It could have just been one of those. Oh, like, exactly. If Eric does stay, they don't want him to know that he was a trade piece, but he has to know. Like, it's yeah. it's a it's a mismatch situation. Yeah, yeah. And I would imagine internally they know. Um, but, you know, based on that report, I'm thinking, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder I wonder if the the market for him is just kind of drying up. But, you know, man, this stuff changes so close to the deadline. Anytime I do some digging and try to find out, I'm always told, like, just wait till February and, and you'll see, like, what's going to heat up. If you ask me, I would say he's gone. Um, his value will never be higher at this point in his career as a rocket. He's 33, I think, 32 or 33. I think yeah. 33. But there's been uh, no real regression, right? He's still no, himself. No, he's yeah. playing incredible. I mean, he's yeah. putting up Pro- he's, progress. He's the most, he's having the most efficient season of his career. He's shooting the best from three of his career. Like field goal percentage, I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's either the best or one of the best of his career. Like, I mean, yeah, he's playing career ball right now. Um, and, so. and also, like, if you think about it, it's almost a compliment to say we want to trade you because they're trying to go the other way anyway. You know, like we know you're still good. We know you can help a team and we don't really want to win right now. You know, I'll tell you this. I know for sure that the Rockets really value what he does. They okay. would obviously like to, you know, send him to a good situation because the Rockets have been doing that with their players. They sent PJ to the good, you know, to, to Milwaukee, Harden to Brooklyn. Like they they take care of their players, especially the Mike D'Antoni holdovers, which Eric Gordon is the last of. Um, so it's they're not like, you know, they would like to put him in a good situation. He would like to go to a good situation because he wants to play competitive basketball. He said that in a few interviews with like respect, but he said it. Um but at the same time, they're not like dying to get rid of him. They love the professionalism that he brings, the stability he brings, the example he sets for the young guys. So they're hoping to get him to the right situation and he wants to go to the right situation, but they also want to get a first round pick. So if he says that he's gone and uh, they, they're just doing that report today for leverage. Yeah, that, that's a wrap. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing some digging. We'll see if I can come up with anything. 
Let us know. You have to be, have to be an episode. idiot to not hey, give up a first pick. For- this is this is a tough time for podcasting uh, because any crazy move could like blow a whole podcast up. I did a Sixers podcast. This, that's my last one out. I'm like, if a bed trade happens, like before I put this out, that's going to be really annoying. <laughs> yeah, you better put that content out before it gets stale. Yeah, I mean, look, speaking of Darius Garland and Cleveland, they, they are one of the, the most likely destinations that I've seen. Um, nothing from my, that I've heard, like from any sources or anything like that, but just from what we see, um, you know, they, they've got that Rubio contract, it's expiring. They got a first. If they slap on like a lottery protected first and Rubio, my guess is that the Rockets would take that. Um, so that's one potential des- destination. We've obviously seen the Lakers trying to, you know, trade none and THT for whatever they can possibly get. That's all they can. That's that's really all they can trade, right? That's all that, yeah, it's all that or they can trade Russell Westbrook if they're going to go for the big. What, oh, the Rockets said they're interested, right? They would be. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty confident that they would be interested, uh, but they would need a first round pick. Uh, so it would basically be big contracts are taking him. It would be Westbrook and a pick first round pick, most likely unprotected. For Wall, that's like, that's my understanding. Wall might fit pretty well with Lake with the Lakers. I think I he like, would. He I defends. like Wall. I think Wall could fit with the Lakers. I think he could fit with the Celtics. Zach doesn't seem to be from his facial expressions too high on Wall. No, Wall would be fine. What, what, what do you think, Zach? I think yes, if he's willing to lock in and play defense. But at this stage, I mean, with nobody on the Lakers wanting to play defense right now, and especially LeBron and AD even it's it's jury's out. I think he could be have one of those contagious mindsets where he's going to go with the the rest of the team, you know, and uh, rather than be the leader and the the dog, but he could, I'm sure he's got it in him to be, want to go out there and prove himself again and show what he's made of. But um, I still don't like trust his shot, like uh, an immense amount, but no, look, Russell West. Russell Westbrook's version of playing hard is just going as fast as he can. Right. right? Oh yeah. No, Wall I think st- Wall still Wall's plays hard more like, on the defensive end. John Wall will still defend. Wall um, is more Russ, intelligent for sure. Russ has the higher ceiling. Like Russ is much more likely to come out and just give you 25, nine and nine on any given night. Wall's probably not going to do that, but as a third option next to AD um, and next to LeBron, like you need somebody that can just occasionally attack, defend, make the right passes, basically not, you know, brick a mid-range off the top of the freaking backboard like the, the plays that russ has been doing you know just a little more under control a little more stable higher floor lower lower ceiling but most importantly more connected intelligent and just simply better on the defensive end the he's a really Lakers, smart his iq is really underrated like he was always a really smart basketball player john wall yeah 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 and that's that's what the lakers need right now is i mean really intelligent players because it's just intelligence and defense I mean, that's I mean, they're in a lot of close situations where, yeah, defensive breakdowns, which, look, we talk about offense all the time and Russ not shooting and all that. It's it's his defense that kills because he doesn't really play it. He plays. He watches the ball. You know, the game of basketball to him revolves around where the ball is at. So he's just ball watching and he loses his man back door or he just like walks over on a rotation. And by the time he gets there, it's too late or he doesn't box out. You know, like those are the things that kill the Lakers. And I feel like John Wall could clean that up. Um, Because the Lakers lose some close game, close games, you know, and it's like those little possessions will kill you in the end. Guys, what teams do you think need to make win now moves right now, no matter what (laughs) they need to lean into winning this championship is any teams come to mind? I mean, the Lakers first and foremost, but like 
we just talked about the little assets they have. I mean, John Wall, is he really going to get them over the – maybe his intelligence, and that's – at the end of the day, the Lakers are never going to have a chance to win if LeBron and AD aren't going to lock in all 42 minutes or whatever they have to play. And AD's got to want it, man. I mean, they're both just stat stuffing right now and um, not not grinding away on both ends. I mean, so they, they got to want it. And outside of them, honestly, the, the, the Nets got to make some moves, I think, whether they're just small marginal. But I really like doing something bigger for Joe Harris. I think there's a couple moves in play. I'd love for the Nets to trade Joe Harris for freaking Jeremy Grant or like a Harrison Barnes or – some along those lines, but if you get rid of Joe Harris, you have to bring back a shooter. Um, I mean, that would be one of the sneakiest moves, but Joe Harris is one of the greatest shooters of all time, so it's really hard to dump him, and especially with the spacing that team needs. Yeah, why would they Why would they let Joe Harris go? Because he's their only real contract they can dangle out there. and um, But he's, what they, he's exactly who they need. Well, him when he's playing well. That's that's the argument, yes. But um, if you bring back shooting with like a Harrison Barnes, you know, where you can still get defense. And Joe Harris is – the jury's out in the playoffs, man. I mean, he's had some questionable playoff appearances. I mean, he could be a head case come playoff time. But you're hoping by that point, KD, Russ, Kyrie, shot has fallen enough where Patty Mills – I mean, where you don't necessarily need Joe Harris to shooting either. So why not load up on defense or Joe Harris for Joe Harris and a pick or so for Miles Turner? I love that idea. So I think the Bulls should need to make some moves, right? They got some injuries. So, you know, I think they got to do something to try to, it, I think it would be a shame if they kind of wasted this hot start because nothing's season to season, nothing is guaranteed. Right. Um, so, you know, if you're like, there are currently a top three seed, uh, they had the one seed not too long ago. So I think if they were to go a little more relatively all in, um, maybe not all in, but just like a, a boost over the top, something to really like bolster what they've got and solidify what they've got. Cavaliers, same kind of thing. They got some injuries, but man, it really, it really seems like no matter how many injuries they get, they keep rolling. They have taken a lot of hits and they keep winning basketball games, but Cavaliers, I mean, they, like, again, you know, you don't know what's going to happen year to year. They don't know what's going to happen with Sexton who obviously has been out. Um, but this is like the East feels kind of open, you know, Milwaukee's been struggling just kind of feels like everyone's in the same plane and they could really make a move to boost them over the top. Obviously the 76ers, they're sixth in the East, 27 and 19 without Ben Simmons, uh, which is incredible. You know, Joel Embiid just having an awesome season despite Tobias Harris not playing very well. And then so I would let me ask you this. Hold up. I would, hold up. I would even throw the Celtics in there, not as a team that needs to make a win now move because I don't think there's one singular move that the Celtics can make that's going to like put them into contention, um, but they need to do something. Um, and if they yeah. do the right thing, they could kind of shift more into like the top portion of the East. Go ahead, Zach. And then I want to get back to the Bulls. Yeah. Do you guys think that... the Sixers, like with a small move, a Ben move, that they'd actually be legit contenders? Because that's what a lot of these Sixers fans right now, they believe so much that they're getting Beal, they're getting Dame, they're getting hard on one of these you know... guys. And I personally think Embiid's never going to be better than right now. You can't waste this window. I'm in the firm believer that they're not – like, they have enough pieces that fit Embiid perfectly. And in a COVID year, the whole point is to win a championship, okay? And you're paying Tobias Harris all this money, and he still fits with Embiid. In a COVID year with Kyrie Irving only playing half the games, you got an old Miami team. You don't know what's going to happen. Why not make a marginal move that puts you in the real contention? I think – 
I personally think the Sixers are close. The key for the Sixers to me is making that deal with the Kings and finding a way to get Tyrese Halliburton on their team. That's, I was about to say if they could get Halliburton and Barnes, maybe. Well, like, if they if, Halliburton's the key to me, like I wouldn't take Barnes and Fox. I honestly wouldn't. I would take Halliburton and Fox. That, I would take Hall, I would take Halliburton and Barnes because Halliburton's the guy. No, he's not Ben Simmons, but he fills some of those roles. Like he's connective piece. He plays defense. He gets up and down in transition. Obviously, he's not the player that Ben Simmons is, but in the half court, he could provide some spacing as well. So I think that's the key for them. Try and get him. Like, I'll, if I was Daryl, I would do that move. Not high usage either. I mean, that's the yeah, exactly, thing. exactly. So, yep. Joel's not going to be pissed. You're taking the ball away from him, and it's like, like you said, not the best. I mean, the most important ball handler in the world. But you got Maxi right there. You got Seth Curry, so you can split those duties and still run it through and beat and make him extremely happy. And it, and it leaves a window because Tyrese is super young and Joel hopefully will have a lot of years to play. So it's it's great for the future as well. He's not an older player who's going to just help 28, him right now. 28, man. He's getting up there. No, no. I'm talking about Tyrese is not an older player right. that's oh, yeah. only going to help him right now, you know? Yeah, I really think that that deal would help. And it seems like the best thing that's available. But we all saw what came out today. So, uh, you know. Daryl is serious. Like, I respect it. I mean, I know some people would say that He's just buying time, and if he makes a move and then he loses, it looks bad on him. So he could just always have that looming trade in the air. But what do you guys think about his approach to this whole thing? I mean, look, the whole Harden waiting for Harden in the offseason thing could just be like some PR work orchestrated, you know? Um, or it could there, be real. <laughs> there could be some legs. Daryl and Harden have a great working relationship, so you never know. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, it comes down to is Brooklyn going to pay James Harden? I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, he's still – He's still good to. enough. I mean, but that's those are what I'm I'm hearing in the back end that there's debate of them paying him. I don't believe it whatsoever, but it's legit. And then on top of that, it's like, why would you leave the best situation in the league, Kevin Durant? I mean, that yeah. like there's I'm no decline coming anytime soon. And he loves Kyrie on and off the court. Their relationship is freaking amazing. I, I agree. Like, why would he leave? KD and Kyrie like why who would do that I just don't I really don't see that happening unless they catastrophically get whooped in the playoffs which I also don't see happening I mean I think once they get healthy and on the same page they're going to be the team to beat um I will say that as far as Daryl's approach I think I'm in the minority man but I love it like I first of all I hate the fact that a player of Ben Simmons caliber is trying to pull this move right it's like bro yes he's not trying though he's doing the move He's right, all the way right. in with the move. Well, but it, but but the jury's out as to whether it's going to work for him or not. Like he's losing money right now. He's I mean, so far he's I think personally so far he's taking the L. Philly's 27 and 19, 6 in the East, and if you count the games that Joel Embiid has actually played, Philly's like a top 4 type team, right? So like it's like Philly's basically saying, "Hey, we don't really need you yet." You know, like we can afford to wait around until we pull that trigger for the playoffs. Like we can get by in the regular season without you. So that's being proven right now in my opinion. And then you know, again, like, I don't think Ben Simmons is all that, right? He's a good player, but he's not like a, yo, I demand a trade player, in my opinion. And he, he pulled this move with, what, four years left? I'm just sick of seeing this type of stuff. It's bad for the game. Like, I understand, like, oh, teams mismanage and players can do what they want and yada, yada, yada. But, yo, when a, when a team play, pays the player, and in this case, when they pay a player potentially more, arguably more than they might be worth for a player that melted in an important playoff series down the stretch and basically lost you a game and was a ghost in the fourth quarter, it's like, come on, man, just get the, get on the court and hoop. At the end of the day, it's about hooping. You got your money, like, let's hoop. So 
I like what Maury's doing because if like at first it looked like they were dead in the water, right? At first it was like, yo, there's, you know, he's going to have to trade him for like a couple draft picks and that's it. You're not getting a star. Now we're starting to hear all this other stuff about like, oh, well maybe they might get Fox or Halliburton or, or Barnes, or maybe they're going to wait for James Harden. Like you're starting to hear more, much more legitimate names. So I think there's a chance it really plays out in the end. And once it's over, we look back and say, yo, Maury killed that. So. So I wanted to stay on the bulls real quick because I heard somebody saying, and I forgot who, sorry to them that they wouldn't trade Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant. I think I would. In a heartbeat. Well, I mean, you went all in on DeRozan and Vooch, but a lot of it's to prove Levine that if, if Levine is that dude, he can win with good players around him, I think. Um, but also it, there's smoke in the background that it, they do it. So they don't have to pay him the full, full amount, but I think they're going to. I think you have to. Uh, but who knows? Um, also, like Jeremy, Jeremy Grant is young, too. It's not even like you're leveraging your future. Like, why wouldn't you do that? I know Pat yeah, because Williams you got to. But DeRozan go and Vooch, I mean. Because you got to max Jeremy Grant out. Yeah. Right? So he's on the same deal as Christian Wood. So they, they both signed three-year deals. Christian Wood was like three years, like 42 or 43. Grant signed a three-year, I think, 60. So I think he's getting 20 a year. So basically – He's in year two. It expires after next season. And then you got to see what you could do. But I do that if I'm Chicago, because you don't know, like, you don't know how, how long DeMar DeRozan is going to be playing at this level. Uh, Vooch, I think, is a little bit older. He's up there, right? So go all in, man. Like, that's the type of move. You put that type of wing uh, depth and defensive just prowess next to Lonzo, next to Caruso, next to Ayo Sunmu, And, like, all of a sudden, you got an actual defensive squad to complement the potent, you know, offensive firepower you got. And that's a complete team to me. So Most definitely. I still think Pat Williams will ever fully develop in Chicago with the roster as is right now as well. Yeah. Like, and also he fits that timeline, right? With Cade, with Sadiq Bay. I mean, yeah, he's not ready. That team would be he, sick. Yeah. He's not a win now player and he could develop there. So it probably makes sense for both of them. And I think with Jeremy Grant, he's, he's not an old player. So you could move forward with him in their timeline. Um, Let's go to a redraft real quick. Just the top five guys a really early redraft for 2021. I know Zach probably has his list somewhere in his document on windows, <laughs> but um, Zach, who do you got, man? You know, K- is Kate number one? Is Evan Mobley number one? What are you thinking, man? Who would be your top five right now? And I know it's the same as you said on Twitter as what you had originally, right? Uh, outside of number five, it was. Okay. Um, trying to bl- think who I said at number five, but uh, I've always been Evan at number two. I'm so close to turning. I- I'm not ready yet. I give players time you know i'm patient uh but mobley man i i just i think he's gonna be an all-star next year i think he's gonna be defensive player of the year type guy i just will he ever score enough to be a top five guy that's the big question for me um but he's gonna have everything else he's gonna be dominant um i think he can be a top seven to ten guy and there's a good chance he's for sure gonna be like a top 12 guy i like mobley that much I'll probably be on Mobley by next year. So what's the five? Give me the five. Okay, so we got Cade, Mobley, Jalen Green still three for me. Um, I think I was Franz at four. Uh, Wait, you got you got Franz and Jalen over Scotty Barnes right now? No, 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 sorry. Barnes is four. Barnes is oh, four. Okay. Yep, Barnes is four. And then Franz is the one I think I had at five. Okay. No, Francis is playing great. I mean, Jalen Suggs last couple games is looking better. He's he's coming around. He's a dog from Minnesota. So 
I got to believe in him, but uh, Franz is polished right now. Who you got, Roosh? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Cade's still the number one. The scoring is the issue for me with Mobley. Um, I mean, he's gonna he's a, he's extremely good defensively already. Um, I do have not concerns, no concerns, but I just wonder, like, what ultimately what's his ceiling? Um, you know, he's already playing like thirty four, I think thirty four minutes a game. You know, I've seen him like post up. I just don't know if he's gonna develop like a post up. His shot is okay. I think he's shooting like high twenties, low thirties from three. Um, it's not like a bad shot. I just 31. don't know if it's ever, huh? 31%. Yeah. I don't know if it's ever going to be like, uh, yo, give him the rock and whip it type shot. Um, and then rebounding is interesting to me because he's playing 34 minutes a game. Rebounding is not one of those things that you kind of like just get better at. It's like just something you do physically instinct for the ball, that type of thing. I feel like you're a little bit lower than consensus on Evan, right? No, he no, does that no. Jalen. No, 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 no. I'll talk about Jalen. I'm not low on Evan at all. I just think I'm sensing some bit of like, maybe he's a little closer to the ceiling than people are giving credit for. And I might get blasted for that, but I'm just saying he's playing a lot. He's playing in a great situation. Yeah. Um, and his impact is his primary impact is on defense. And he's, you know, he's got those games where he goes, you know, like whatever, 18, like 10 and six assists or whatever, like he can do all that. Um, but I'm just saying, I think he might be closer to like that as his best output, but he's also got a long way to go. So maybe I just don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So I'd go Cade, Evan. Um, I'm a Rockets fan. I've been a little disappointed with Jalen Green. I, maybe I'm biased. I don't even want to like say it. Um, he's. I said this, I got blasted on Twitter for this, but he looks like Jordan Clarkson so far um, <laughs> instead of like, you know, Devin Booker. There I, are just times heard, he- I, I just heard another Jordan Clarkson. Uh, you know who I heard in Jordan Clarkson comparison with Jaden Hardy, but I don't really see it because I think Jaden Hardy is a too, too young. Yeah. First of all, too young. And second of all, Jaden Hardy playmaking is pretty underrated and he has a lot of, he has a crazy skill set, like everything in the lane. So I don't really see that, but I've heard that. Scotty Barnes is dope. Scotty Barnes, is one of the, another one of those guys that like, I don't know how much higher he, like, I think he'll be like a solid, like 18 and like 10. But what if guy. the shot keeps improving? Ooh, they yeah. get really crazy. But he's tailed off you a little bit. You guys are all just well. so untapped besides like Duarte and France. So it's like, I'm not going to say. And I really like know. Josh Giddy. I really like Josh Giddy. I don't like I saw him play. Though. He got he got a high ceiling. I he think. does. If yeah. he gets a shot. I mean, bro. I, so I, I sat courtside Rockets Thunder and I really got to watch him work like like up close and personal. He's big, right? He got yeah, size. And he's smart, dude. He sees the floor. Like you could see, I could see him processing in real time. And like, he was, he saw things open up and he was hitting it. If he gets a shot and if he gets to like a, just a little bulk to where he can go in and take the contact and finish and all that. I mean, yeah, he could be like Ben Simmons with a shot. If he could minus, you know, the defense, obviously, but like you, you swap the defense no, for actual scoring prowess. So sleeper real quick, that guy okay. I wanted OKC to take is Kaminga. It's just all depends on his opportunity. I think he's got, Literally all-star potential. It's just, will you ever get the right opportunity? Oh, oh, hey, if we're talking to redraft that, we got to take Alper and Shangun, my guy. Absolutely. Hey, Shangun, don't sleep on him. If he gets some playing time, that boy might be Demontis Sabonis for real. He might be better one day. He might be. You never know. You never know. He got, he got, I mean, Sabonis has great feel, but Shangun got some feel that could, might really lead him to the promised land. You know what I mean? And hopefully he can lead the Rockets to the promised land. Right, Roosh? Yeah, baby. Facts, man. When I watch that kid, I'm just like, man, I would love to play with that guy. Like, yeah, definitely. Oh, know, by the way, Zach, gonna, go ahead. Finish up. I was just gonna say he just all he does is stand there and just gets buckets for people. It's crazy. Didn't even yeah. move. 
No, I love his game. And by the way, Zach, just to praise one of your guys, Anthony Edwards is a future MVP in my opinion. Thank you. I love I, hearing I, that. I believe that. I Are you him that. over Lamelo? I am. I am. And I was back then. And I I was back then, and I still am. But I I mean, obviously Bruce is Lamello, Lamello, are you? No, Lamelo's been great. I mean, you can't really. It just depends. It just depends. So who's okay, guys? Whose ceiling do you think is higher? Edwards' ceiling is higher, but Lamelo's got the way higher floor. Like Lamelo's better right now. Edwards is just pandering to cat way too often he's still the third guy on our team right now um he i mean he's the second best player in my opinion but he just lets everybody else go first i think ants ceiling is higher but it's it's closer than you think in my opinion okay guys great stuff you're always welcome back on the show where can we find you on social media talk to me twitter the twitter and we're all over ball is life noble and root show Number one podcast, Ball is Life. Get at us. R-O-O-S-H Williams on Twitter. Roosh Williams. Uh, Noble and Roosh Show. Use the and sign anywhere you get your podcast. Check us out, man. We appreciate you, Combo. Oh, anytime. Check check out his old music, too. Some good stuff by Roosh. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs> Peace, right Thank you. There it is. Another episode of Combo's Court. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. And thanks to Zach and Roosh for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you tune into Combo's Court. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, leave a five-star rating and a friendly comment. Would greatly appreciate it. And share this episode. Share with a friend. Share it on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Share it on your IG stories and tag me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-P-O. Be on the lookout for episode 336 Combo out.